Hello, my pancake peeps, my bacon brigade. Before the show starts, take a second to subscribe and leave a review, share with some friends. And while you're listening, make sure you check out the Brentfast store with so much amazing merchandise at Brentfast.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Brentfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. And for the season two finale, y'all are in for a treat because my guest today is the dynamic Karen Mariyama. You've seen her work on so many TV shows. Like, whose line is it anyway? Dead to me. I'm sorry. Shameless. Curb Your Enthusiasm. The Jamie Foxx Show. Arrested Development. Just to name a few, guys. And movies like The American President. The Campaign. Pulp Fiction? Just to name another few. She's also an alumnus and a very respected improv teacher at the legendary Groundlings Theater. So we got to talk about that stuff. And that's not all. We had breakfast from an absolute institution in Burbank. The Talleyrand. So, let's start with some space work. Check in with your scene partner. And a strong character choice <laughs> because we have Karen Mariyama on the season two finale of Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm gonna need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Hello! Good for you to mention space work, because, you know, if you're an improviser, you probably know what that means. That's right. Karen Mariama, welcome to the Breakfast Studio. Thank you, Brent. Uh, we met through my buddy Brett Moline, mm-hmm. who will be on a Breakfast. Uh, actually, he was on the last Breakfast. Oh! Yeah, he was on the last one, the 4th of July one. If oh, you my guys gosh. remember that one. I, I was finished shooting my scene on his project, and I was leaving set, and you were arriving on set. Yes, I was. And we had a quick exchange. But after I called up Brett, and I was like, Brett, you got to help me get Karen on breakfast. Uh, and Brett did. So thank you, Brett. Uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm such a huge fan. And not only that, you being an Asian woman, me being half Filipino, you've been like an inspiration to me. And so thank you for coming on the show. I, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Um, where, so, okay. You weren't always this powerhouse performer that everyone knows as a teacher and an actor, Karen. Where did you, where where did this whole thing start out? Where did you grow up? Probably by accident. I grew up in Chula Vista, which is south of San Diego. All right. Went to, you know, high school, was really shy, had braces in ninth grade, you know, you name it, all the things that would make an Asian kid stick out in a predominantly, you know, white hood. I I don't know if you can relate to that, but it was very, you know, in fact, there were more Filipinos in my high school than there were uh, Japanese people. So let me ask you this. And, and I did. I didn't know this, so I'm going to ask you now. Uh, Pen Fifteen. You watch that show? Mm-mm. Pen Fifteen is the show on Hulu. It's uh, Maya. Uh, oh God, I can't remember how you say your last name. It's Erskine. Uh, it's it's exactly that. It's like the awkward teen show mm-hmm. where she is. She's half Japanese and her friend is white, and they're these two girls. They're actually in their 30s, the actors themselves, but they're playing like 14. Years old. Oh, that's awesome! I have heard of that show. Yes, yeah. I'll uh, check that so out. you'll watch that, and you'll you'll either uh, have nightmares about it, or <laughs> or really relate to it, or both, because that's mm-hmm. that's everything that it was. And also, just from a perspective of it being from the uh, viewpoint of a teenage girl, I was constantly turning to my wife and going, 
oh, are girls that gross? And she's like, oh, yeah, they're mm-hmm. gross. <laughs> yeah, they're mean. I yeah. Mean, I mean, yeah, mean girls is an exaggeration. That's that's just how it is. You I know? just meant like them. some of the hygienic things they would do. I was like, oh, no, don't. Yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, you should watch Pen I have to watch it so I, I know I understand because I don't want to say yeah, like <laughs> right, I do that. Right. And, uh, and then see it and go, wait a minute, I don't do that. <laughs> and you probably don't do all of it. But <laughs> Yeah. So interesting. Chula Vista, San Diego. I it's interesting. I I before the pandemic, I think the year before maybe we went to like an Airbnb in San Diego and there's that whole like gentrification thing that's taking place in a lot of the oh, yeah. the neighborhoods in yeah. San Diego. I give props to the Airbnb. It had a giant uh the person that rented it out had done a giant painting of Axl Rose. I was a fan of that. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it wow. was weird in the hallway okay. just a giant Axl okay. Rose painting. But uh, anyway, I love that you think that's a plus. I mean, I, mean, I like Axel. I don't know if I want a huge like painting. Yeah, it's was at least well done. It was. It was. It was well done. Okay. It was one of those things that it's a story you can tell, mm-hmm. like on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. God, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that story. Can you imagine if right. I have my own podcast? I go. I have an Airbnb and it had a picture of, or I'll change the. You know, it was a picture of. Insert like rock icon here. Yeah, what do you think about Airbnbs? You ever done those things? No, I have not. It's pretty weird because in a way it's like cool. It's like a hotel, but you don't have to deal with like hundreds of people there. But then mm-hmm. again, if you go to use the hot tub, then you're like sitting in there in the hot tub and the and the, the people that live in the house are like watching TV in front of you. And you're like, this is weird. Oh, but yeah, it's yeah, of, I yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't know if, if, if Airbnbs are still going to be the same as they were before or if there's going to be a whole other layer to Wait, it. Wait, do now. I, am I getting something wrong? I thought Airbnb was like, if you weren't in your house, you would rent your house out to somebody else who could use it. But they can be actually at home. A lot of times they're while at While you're home. staying at their house. Yeah, sometimes they rent out just a room and the common spaces of the of the place also. Sometimes they're actually still there. Yeah, a lot of times they are because somebody has to, unless they want to pay a service to like uh, change the bed, the sheets and things every day. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. But you can meet some interesting people, but it, it's a total crapshoot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know who you're going to meet. Yeah. It might be some weird stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I haven't done that yet. But, you know, there's there's always tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway, that's most of what I've learned in San Diego. That and oh, okay. I, I love the uh, the baseball field in San Diego. It's great. I'll go see the oh. Royals down there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you mean you mean um, where, the, where the Padres play? Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing ballpark. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, it, it's too bad the team's not so Great. They're better this year. Yes, they are. They're better this year. No, my parents are diehard Padres fans. Is that right? Yes. That's cool. Yes. It's just sad that they lost their football team. So, Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Are you a Chargers fan? Yes, I am. I, I always felt like I didn't understand why they couldn't get – San Diego's such a nice-looking city. Why they, they couldn't get a different stadium. Because that I've been to bowl games at that stadium in San Diego, and it's like if it rains, you're just immediately – in water, like there's no. Well, it's one of those old like template, you know, the round, you know. There's a bunch of stadiums like that, you know. But the people, the cities who had them, have since gotten new ones. But yeah. I guess the city didn't want to pay for it, or the you know the citizens it. didn't want to kick in. Yeah, it's too bad because uh, that I loved. Charger football. I still Are you have... still a Chargers fan, even though they're in LA? Yes. Okay. Cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to going to that stadium. It looks. It looks amazing. Really cool. So it's right next to the Forum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have done some really cool movies. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, during that was your a career. really good transition. 
Folks, did you hear that? We went right from like, eh, Chargers, and you've done some good movies. You've done some charged up movies. <laughs> Yay! Bravo. No, the, I like those kind of transitions. The American President. Yes. Um, I mean, this is just like, had to be cool. You're being directed by Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. It's written by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Got Annette, Annette Benning. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was like one of the first things I did, and I, I was so grateful, you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, it it was a really learning experience. Even um, Jane Jenkins was the casting person, and she was so nice. And, you know, you guys, those of you who have done it for a while, a lot of casting people, you know, when they're nice to you, you just kind of go, wow, when they communicate with you. She was yeah. amazing. And uh, I remember, you know, trying to do it just right. And she finally said, Karen, okay, I'm just going to give you a second. Just stop acting, all right? Just... Just be real. Yeah. And, you know, and that was like, you know, game changer. And then Rob at the time was, you know, he was like the, he was so awesome and he was so nice. And I met him and, you know, he would come to Groundling shows and go, oh, I love that sketch. My wife and I love it, you know, and he would ask, he'd text, are you going to, are you going to do that sketch? And I said, well, no, that was from the last opening, but he yeah. was such a, you know, he was really so supportive. So that was fun. And the, the, one of the best things about it was just actually doing the table read. A few of us were asked to do several roles at the table read. So I'm, you know, in his sumptuous office on Maple Drive, you know, in, yeah. in this really nice room and we're at a big round table and it was you know, the leads and then a few of us reading through it. Right. And, you know, Rob goes, just go around the table, introduce yourselves. I mean, you know, hi, I'm Michael Douglas. Right. I'm an abandoning. You know, they Yeah. And so it was all the leads, like Jay Fox, all of them, uh, Martin Sheen. So I was like, and I was sitting next to Aaron Sorkin because he and I were reading a lot of the... Um, Stage directions? Uh, no, not the stage, just, oh. the, just the insulary <laughs> parts. All oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, 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 the extra parts that yes, had yes. like smaller. Yeah. yeah, so we all were reading about four or five each. And that was a blast. It was just like, whoa. Yeah. I I don't know if it's different on movie um, table reads. I haven't done a movie table read. I've, I've only done TV ones, but like mm-hmm. it can be kind of scary at those things if you have a smaller part because you can get, you could lose your job by not performing well at the table read. Mm-hmm. Is that is it kind of the same thing in the movie, or do you feel pretty good that since you were reading like four or five parts, and that, that it was that you were, as long as you didn't just like you know completely vomit, that you would be fine? Yeah, I mean, I think that anybody who's, you know, if you're cast, nothing's written in stone, yeah. you know. So you do you you have to do your best. I mean, I learned that you have to do that, even if it's tailored for for sitcom for anything, because they're trying to hear it. So you'd better. You have to be full performance level, even if they're not. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. How involved is Aaron Sorkin in this process? Is he – I mean, are, he, are those two working a lot together? I don't I don't know. That was kind of, I think, before well, the time, he really he had blew just up. Done, yeah, he had just done A Few Good Men. He was doing, um, I think, news radio. I mean, he's doing a lot. Talk about a workaholic. That guy just doesn't yeah. stop. And, and so, you know, I don't know. He was very nice. Yeah, Super cool. nice guy. I have nothing but, like, fun, positive things about that whole experience. Sports Night was one of my – I love – I think mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed that more than any of his other projects just because, I, you know, I'm a sports fan and, the, and they, they, they brought – it seemed really real when you were watching that show. Mm-hmm. Despite the Sorkin dialogue that's very – it's almost like Mammoth where you're like, I can, I can watch a project and be like, 
Oh, yeah, this is probably written by Aaron Sorkin because mm-hmm. of the rhythm of it, right? But, yeah, Sports Night, I just, I just love that show, and he's had you know, some other great things yeah. since then. Yeah. I think one of the very first things you did was Pulp Fiction, no? You had a small role in Pulp Fiction? I did, very tiny part. It yeah. Line. <laughs> but I, as with every scene in Pulp Fiction, very memorable scenes, right? It's the scene where... Bruce Willis, uh, who plays Butch, mm-hmm. runs over Marcellus Wallace in his car, who's carrying some donuts, I think. Yes, he gets like hit by, uh, by a car. Played yep. by Ving Rhames, the late mm-hmm. Ving Rhames. And you're one of the witnesses. You're, I mean, small part, but your face is right in the camera. It's like you're the person that really is like right in the mm-hmm. camera saying like, ooh, is he, I don't remember, is he dead? Yeah, is he okay? yeah he's dead. <laughs> it's just that. That's what, he, that's what Quinn said. Just throw it away. He's, yeah, he's dead. That's crazy. So... It has to be really fun anytime you see that movie to be like, oh, my part's going to come up here. And then it's also you and Kathy Griffin, which mm-hmm. like that's kind of bananas that you're like. Well, a lot of Groundlings were in there because Quentin, he was going to Groundlings shows. He was like kind of, he used to watch a lot of stand-up. He'd watch Kathy Griffin and a bunch of people. And so he came to Groundlings. And I think he did a, a gas show, an improv show with us once. And so he called a bunch of us in. You know, yeah. which I thought was great because it's Kathy Griffin. Myself, Phil Lamar has a very big part in it, and he was oh, in yeah, the Groundlings, right. and um, Julia Sweeney, and then um, Julia's husband at the time, yeah, was uh, the Gimp. Oh, really? Uh huh. Interesting. So, yeah, a bunch of us got to work on Pulp Fiction. It was really fun. That's interesting. I, yeah. I was reading a whole article about how you know people would try to shoot other things on that same corner just because it was the corner. Where that <laughs> Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. A, I don't know if that Foster's Freeze is still there. I don't know. It's in that really weird neighborhood kind of. Uh, it's Atwater Village. Atwater, but behind sort of, or Atwater Village it's adjacent. It's Fletcher, right? Yes. Yes. Gosh, I don't think it's still there. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah. But Not, yeah, it's right there. And when you're, when you're shooting that, I mean, do you have any sense that this is going to be something that's going to be really popular? Or are you like, have, do you have no idea? You know, most of the time, I don't, you know, I think when you think about iconic films and stuff, I don't think they're, when they're making them. But I do know when I was, we all got script. When you read the script, you go, whoa, this is amazing. I remember yeah. it's a fun read. The actual script is such a great read. And especially getting to read Christopher Walken's monologue about the watch. I remember reading it going, oh, my God, I wish I could be here when they're shooting that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's such an amazing monologue. Right. You know, and the way he does it, just it, the translation from what was written to what he did is, like, dead on. So, you know, I think we all were like, this is great. It was, you know, yeah, fun to read. So I'm not surprised. You've uh, worked with Zach Galifianakis a few times. Yes. Um, yes, I have. I I think I've said this on the show before. I did not know that he was a genius until I saw Baskets. Then I was like, oh, there's another level to this guy. This guy's really smart and really yes. good. Um, what was it like working with him? Really fun. Again, very approachable, very nice. You know what I mean? That's always important. You know, you the thing is, you know, we're when you do guest stars, you have to just again be professional, be ready to do it whenever they're ready for you. You know, try not to ingratiate yourself. Just be a professional. You know, but if there's downtime and you're talking, it's great. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't make you feel like you're lesser than, which is so great because you know we've been on projects too where it's like 
it's the other way. I'm just yeah, gonna, I've you absolutely. Say action, I'll I'll be ready. I've seen that before. So, um, you know, have you ever been? Uh, has this ever happened to you? Where you're on a project and you're kind of like, uh, it's a little hard. You're a little starstruck by a person. Has that ever happened to you? I will say that uh, because I admire his work so much. You know, Morgan Freeman, but he was just so lovely. Uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like, wow, this is this is really fun. You know, right. and and like I said, even if you're intimidated by someone like Jack Nicholson, but he's just he's Jack Nicholson, and it was actually really funny. Yeah. So, um, again, just just uh, trying to make small. You know, again, if it's genuine and you're in, and there's a moment to say something like in normal life, you don't want someone coming up to you going, "Hey, Brent, nice <laughs> shirt. How's it going? Yeah. Where do you? You know, when there's something behind it, you kind of go, Yeah, okay. You know. So I don't want to. I don't ever. Yeah, you don't want to do be that. like the Chris Farley characters. Like, hey, Karen, remember when you did this on that one show? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> and that's it. There's nothing else behind. Yeah, it. yeah. I was uh, when I shot Roseanne on the reboot of on the reboot or whatever you call it of Roseanne. I could not talk to Laurie Metcalf. I didn't mm-hmm. have a scene with her anyway. But yeah. I was just like, I would see her, and I was like. She's so amazing. I know. She's so good. And I was just like, uh, I don't gonna... know if they'd mind it if you went, oh my God, you're so good, especially on whatever. You know, I know. I, I've said that. Can I just say it's just awesome? Um, yeah. I worked with, um, I did a 911, uh, I think, uh, Lone Star. Lone Star. And my scene was with Billy Burke, who I really like. Oh, He's yeah. just been in some of my favorite movies. And he was in this really cool, like, Horror flick, I, I with uh, Nick Cage, and I just went, "Oh my God, it's so you're so good, you're yeah. so evil in that." And he was like, "Oh yeah, thanks." I said, "Man, I've watched that movie three times because I'm a big horror junkie, yeah. action junkie, and um, it's called Drive Angry. Have you seen it? No, <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. I gotta check it out. So you know, if I have a reference, it's not like, "Oh, I love your body of work." Oh my goodness, you know. But if it's just like, I just saw that movie. Dang, you were so freaking crazy in that. It was awesome. I, I, I will say it because I, I think it's like I, I really mean it. I, I, you know, when you're really kind of affected by something, you really like it or it's in your it's in your lane. Yeah. You know, or I, I do think though when I do, I tend to deify uh, sports figures more, which is probably gross. But like I was doing Jamie Foxx and got to meet um, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. And I was starstruck. I don't think it's gross. I think it's uh, at least. But I was just so like, oh my god. To me, it's like there's they do things that you cannot do. Yeah, and so I, when else am I going to actually cross paths with like a professional athlete? So you know, Jamie would have these athletes guest star. So you know, he had a football episode. So I I got to meet Charles Woodson. Yeah. You know, so I got to meet some really uh, cool players that I you know I got to meet Derek Fisher. And uh, I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, you're you really are, right. you know, kind of starstruck." And then if it's an NBA player, just their stature is so mind blowing, right? Um, you know, like uh, one more, I'll I'll name drop one more. I think, oh yeah, I got to meet David Robinson. Oh, nice, the admiral, and he was just like, you know. Godlike, almost just amazing. I saw Magic Johnson go into an elevator once, oh. and, and as the elevators closed, I like I kind of went, uh, I kind of waved, and he, he was like, he waved. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, Magic. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So yeah. anyway, if that's your, you know, yeah, 
yeah, if I were to ever be in the same room or like diameter with like Michael Jordan, I'd probably faint. That right. is like even with the Hitler mustache, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he, he pulls it off. He does pull it off pretty well. I'm sorry. Actually, I think he pulls it off. If anyone can change that narrative of that mustache, maybe. Yeah, he's amazing. Maybe Michael Jordan. Yeah, doesn't bother me at all. You during your career have have done uh, a lot of different accents, mm-hmm. and I'm curious because. I get asked to do a lot of accents sometimes, um, or I choose to do an accent sometimes, you know, based on what I think the character might might speak like. Um, what's your philosophy or your approach when when you're either asked or choose to do an accent? Is to make sure I uh, I've listened to it a bunch of times, yeah. and and can at least sound authentic in the way. You know, so it's not so generic because right. they're all so different. You know, I've I've done a bunch and been asked to. If the person, especially for like a play, if their approval, if they've they approve it, then I'm okay. Like I did do a play. I was doing shows at East West Players, and it was written by Sakamoto, who's from Hawaii. So I had to do a like a, a he wanted an authentic Hawaii accent, that yeah, pigeon that pigeon, pigeon English. Accent, yeah. So I. You know, he talked to me a lot about it, and to get the 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 flow of that, it's kind of like a New York Hawaii. You know, they're mm-hmm. very. It's a fun accent, but I did work hard on doing that to make sure that I was, you know, capturing the flavor of that. So, you know, you just have to do it. You have to honor it. You know, and yeah. and also Filipino. I went to high school a lot of Filipino yeah. people, and I had to do a play for uh, the Mark Taper, and she was Filipino, and so I had to kind of be able to kind of. Run off a little line of Tagalog here and mm-hmm. there, and be you know sound Filipino in a way that was that's a good accent. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I like yeah. You it's know. a fun accent to do too. Oh my god, Filipino yeah. is fun. Yeah. It's it's yeah. fast. It's yeah. happy. You yeah. know, it's it's got the the lilt comes up. You oh know, Filipino. Yes, and, and it's very very nasal, but uh-huh. it is um, very very. Uh, they hit. You know, uh, syllables and yeah, they uh, do, they cons- do consonants. The, the syn- syllables are different and, uh, than yeah, in different. English. And yeah. um, in fact, oh gosh, um, the guy on um, Tacoma <laughs> FD, he, he he's his he's Filipino, and his accent is awesome. And it well, it's, it's guy, almost like it you laugh. Who is the guy, Filipino? Guy? I don't watch that show that much. Uh, it's not Eugene Cordero, is it? Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. He's great. He uh, he used to coach one of my improv teams. He's he's, he's really funny. Fabulous. Yeah. He's such a great actor. He's such a good improviser. But he he would make me laugh. He doing the better you know accent the you know he would just do this lilt, and you're just laughing, laughing, laughing. You know. Yeah. So there's. That accent's different, and 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 I, you know, you who do accents too, I'm sure you've been asked. It's just you just gotta grab the placement of it, you know, like Filipino, yeah, Vietnam, the, yeah. the it's more nasal, it's in the nose, you know, Chinese what? is more in the throat. It's hard. You have uh, to really. Has this happened to you? Because this has happened to me, so I'm curious how you would deal with this. Like when you're doing an accent and you have done your research, you know, this is pretty passable. Uh, uh, what they're asking for, and then you realize, oh, they want—I don't know, for lack of a better term—to Asian it up even more, and it's like it's usually Asian it down. They yeah. usually want to tone the accent down because if you're doing it for, especially for television, they you, they still have to understand you. Yeah. So if you're doing 
authentic. Yeah. If, I'm, if you're if you're really doing authentic, sometimes it's very hard to to understand you. Right. Um, right. Like uh, you know. Japanese, especially because uh, the, you know it's because you're not speaking the same language that it's meant to be spoken. Exactly, in, right? and so if that's the way they speak English, which is what they do, it's hard to understand. Yeah, and if they can't understand you, so then you, it's weird. You know, dial the accent down. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's tough to do. Right? What does that mean? That yeah. means that certain words. I'm going to have to say kind of, in, in, you know. Right. In, or, well, more bro, not so broken. So, but is that authentic then? Yeah. I mean, that's know? what I'm saying is like you, you do what you know is pretty authentic and then they were like, Well, if I were to say like, you know, Brentfast, mm-hmm. you know, and like you just make it a little more, yeah. dial it down. Brentfast. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I have to, you're dealing with that. Now, right. is that offensive? Yeah. Yeah. Will I do it, it to get the job? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if if it's more about that, I'm not as offended as if they're like get you know telling you about how you behave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how you know? Uh, and and I just did this uh, Q and A with uh, all of us on the black version, and they were talking about how same thing when you're you know, African-American and you're, you're auditioning and they're like, you know, more street, less street, yeah. you know, those, these terms, it's just like, you just kind of take a deep breath and you try to get what they want. Yeah. Cause yeah. remember anyone who's telling you to dial your accent down or up, these aren't Asian people doing it. These right. aren't Japanese people doing it. These are white people doing it. Yeah. Uh, because they don't know. Well, you mentioned the black version. Mm-hmm. Great show at Groundlings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it many times. Uh, you are you an alumnus of Groundlings. Yes, I think that's what you call it when you're not like yes. an active Groundling. But yeah, you're still yes, I was in the company, but yeah, I'm I'm I just uh, teach there and direct there and perform every once in a while. Right, and then I think you also teach at AFI. Right? Yes, I do. Uh, the American Film Institute, another mm-hmm. big deal place in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've in fact, so we were talking about Groundlings. Um, I took Groundlings there. I went there a couple couple different stints and I had I thought I had the best improv training there mm-hmm. as far as uh, learning the basics of improv and learning uh, what I think is probably the most the best approach toward an improv scene to me mm-hmm. uh, you have taught improv to some some huge names that ended up being like right <laughs> I know it's crazy isn't it will I think will Farrell mm-hmm. right Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. she's pretty she's most amazing. of you guys know her probably uh, yeah <laughs> Chris Catan I think mm-hmm Will Forte? Is that right? Am I missing anyone? I mean, I don't want you to name drop on yourself, but that's I mean, pretty cool. I kind of could. They're all kind of in different like stages of uh, like uh, a lot of them were in class together. It's so interesting, you yeah. know. Like uh, I did a writing lab, and it was Will Forte, Nat Faxon, um, Dax Shepard. They were all in the same class together, you know. And uh, it's. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Fallon. I had him for writing lab. I had uh, Anna Gosteyer. Nat Faxon uh, taught mm-hmm. me a lesson on set. He didn't intentionally go out to teach me a lesson on set, but mm-hmm. I was doing the show Speechless. Mm-hmm. And he's playing this guy who, uh, me and, oh gosh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. He does uh, Ask Hat at uh, UCB. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. He's, he's the dad on. Uh, on speechless, mm. he and I are uh, 
playing baggage handlers that play luggage golf. Apparently, uh-huh. that's something they do. They they make a bracket out of three suitcases and they're playing playing luggage golf. And we're we're fighting over who gets Nat Faxon as a worker. Who who gets to work with him? And Nat Faxon had this like mullet hair, and you know Nat Faxon, uh, Academy Award winner from mm-hmm. The Descendants, by the way, for writing. Him and was it him and Jim Rash? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Nat Faxon, <laughs> he's just. He's got this hair, and he keeps saying this thing where we're talking, and he's like, wait a minute, you guys are fighting over me? And I told him between one take, I was like, I was like, dude, you're, uh, you're almost breaking me Like every time you do that. Mm-hmm. And then he was just going at it. I, he was intentionally trying to break me, and I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have told Nat Faxon he was about to break me. Because then he was like, I'm going to break you. <laughs> yep. I was like, don't dare Nat Fax, someone that funny, to try to break you. But he's, he's like being so earnest. That's why, you know, Danielle Gaither was saying something very great about improv, which she said, it, you know, truth is funny. If you're truthful, if you're earnest, then you aren't, you're going to be funny. You right. know, because it's, it's all about that as opposed to trying to be funny. Yeah, it's, it was, yeah. It was just his look, you know. He he has he's a, amazing. He has a <laughs> he's a goofball, Matt Jackson. Uh, uh, was there anybody that you that you saw in class, and not that you can predict this, but you're like, this person's has got something. He's probably gonna would you would if you had to bet your money on someone, like after a couple classes, you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna bet my money this person's gonna be a star. There were a lot of them. Yeah, Will Ferrell for sure. Really? Melissa McCarthy just stood out, you know, in her classes. Just amazing. Um, but also Taryn Killam, Sarah Baker, you know, Fortune Feimster had her own way of doing things that just made her stand out. Michaela Watkins, Jillian Bell. I mean, it just goes on and on. I feel really, really blessed and lucky that I got to work with all those people. Yeah. You know, and uh, Kristen Wiig, of course, who's amazing. Yeah. Her her uh, running partner, Annie Momolo brilliant yeah. you know i had them all in class and not only good writers but amazing performers and just again uh, characters for days that's why i like the groundlings program they'll teach you how to do characters yeah and characters um, are really john ross bowie was the dad on, on oh uh, yes that's yes. what i was he thinking did, of. he I... did uh I, he did an improv show at, at the groundlings. did he, he did he's, the Joe he's show. He's really, such a nice guy he's, and he's, he's so lovely. funny lovely but yeah him and nat fax and being in that scene with those two just like i i, I gotta keep it together mm-hmm. here <laughs> Before we go any further, we had breakfast from the Talleyrand in mm-hmm. Burbank. It's an institution since 1959. <laughs> I didn't <Over> know that. <laughs> 60 years. Wow. Yeah. Very old school type diner, would you agree? Yes. It's a coffee shop. Yeah. And uh, Huell Hauser did an episode from the Talleyrand. That's how you know you've made it in L.A. If Huell Hauser comes in. Huell Hauser, yes. Yeah, and interviews you. Oh, really? He interviewed uh, someone at the, the Talleyrand. Oh, did yeah. he? Well, yeah. I would tell you his he his favorite thing there is the hot turkey sandwich i believe isn't that it it's interesting because it's do you enjoy that hot turkey sandwich yes too? okay so i think i mentioned uh my buddy who we we've stolen rolls from each other over the years chris chen uh good buddy of mine and he when i said hey i just had i just uh, ate at the Talleyrand. he goes oh you got to get that hot turkey sandwich with the gravy on yes, top. And they gave the me stuffing. extra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I'm not I'm not ashamed. I have you know eaten those a lot. I mean, especially here in LA, we should be doing that. Right. It's like it's literally like white bread. Yeah. Turkey that they make there, yeah. roasted turkey, uh gravy, 
mashed potatoes, stuffing, and a little plastic cup of cranberry juice. That is that sandwich. And I, it's addicting. Yeah. But the breakfasts are really good, too. We had omelets, I think. Yeah. We? You had, oh, what, what omelet did you have? I had the grande omelet. It's mm. amazing. What's in that grande? What's... Okay, it is like jack and cheddar cheese, and I think they have ground beef, and they have, it's uh, got like a, like a salsa over it and a dollop of sour cream, and then you get it with like their homemade like hash browns. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then you got the king's omelet. Yes, right? you did. Yeah, which is uh, look just one of my favorite combinations is bacon and avocado. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Yeah. And some sharp cheddar, which yes. is like you know I like the little bite in the sharp cheddar. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Uh, I love those diner places where I can just get a cup of coffee. And the coffee doesn't necessarily taste like, oh, this is from um, Nigeria. Or no, it's like, it's, it's just generic coffee. But <laughs> yes. it's fine. I, I, some days I don't need uh, to know where my I'm coffee sure the, came from. I'm sure the coffee literally, the bag probably just says coffee. Coffee, yeah. No no brand. It's like those uh, things from like the 80s. It was the beer that just said beer. It was mm-hmm. the white can that just said beer. Or you know those big carafes, those uh, those coffee shops had these big metal urns. Yeah. You know, and the filter was like, it was massive. It was the size of a trash can lid, you know. Yeah, you yeah, Put yeah. it in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that place. I can't believe I think maybe I've been there once before, but I don't know if I've been there. I've driven by there so many yeah. times. It's one of those places you, would, you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. yeah. But, and they also have really, they, you know, their dinner menu's not too bad. They have a bar, a full bar. Yeah. 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 Talleyrand. Talleyrand. That's the, not not many places like that have a full bar. Mm-hmm. There was a place in Van Nuys that I never went to either called Corky's. Okay. Which is closed now and it's turning oh. into a Chick-fil-A or Ooh, something. Okay. Yeah. Um All right. Well, thank you for taking me to the Talleyrand my yeah, first time. Yeah, you're welcome. I got to go Brent. back there cuz it's very home style breakfast. Yes. You know, I'm into that. I I think it's it reminded me of like going to like the pantry downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh it reminded me of like another place I love, the Hungry Fox, which is yes. on Sherman Way. Yes. So yeah, it's it's uh Talleyrand, check it out. It's old school. I love it. I'm sure if I looked it up, it's probably been in a bunch of TV right. shows. And, and it's affordable. Yeah. You know? I have to tell you that, like, I was doing some research on you and watching some of your uh, clips, and my wife is the hugest Columbo fan. <laughs> and so when yeah. she's, I was like, babe, <laughs> Karen did a scene with Columbo. I did. I was so, that I am a big Columbo fan, too. Yeah. I, I, I've watched every episode of Columbo, so to get to do that. And, you know, it's interesting because he's a super nice guy, too, Peter yeah. Falk was. And his wife was taking advance from me. She was in my class. Oh, wow. Um, Shira, Denise. Denise. Um, very talented, very funny. And Peter came and saw both our shows and um, then asked me to come in to read for him for uh, one of those Columbo movies. I think you would be great on this show. Yeah, okay. actually, be, it would be you a know, great. Let's just read it. And he's yeah. got one. He had one of those um, original, amazing offices on the Universal lot. Yeah, that, you know, you know that that was, I think, his deal. He had that office forever. You know, he's a avid, paint, really good artist. Yeah, he, yeah. He was a very good painter. Um. Anyway, he it was cool. He it was cool. fun doing it with him. He was lovely. You know, that's yeah, that had to be. I mean, I don't think I that would have been, I would have taken me a minute. It would take me a minute. 
Yeah. yeah, you just have to go. Okay, it's just Peter Falk. Okay, yeah. it's just Columbo. You know, it yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. So it's fun. Uh, so my wife, you know, oh well, you're thank one you. of her heroes now. Oh, she's please. seen that scene. Uh, oh dear God! <laughs> for you know, for my wife's 40th birthday, she had one of those murder mystery parties, and we we had one of our friends come in and play Columbo. Excuse me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we did that for my parents' 50th anniversary, too. We had our friend. You know, oh, wow. We're okay. all on Zoom because from last year it was their 50th anniversary. Oh, right, right. There's just a screen that says LAPD. And we're like, why is there an LAPD? We're playing like we don't know. Excuse me. Ah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But, yeah. Columbo, man. Mm-hmm. That's an old school show that people should get back and watch. It's like, it's formulaic, but it's like great. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So as an improv performer, I think that the peak of what you could do as an improv uh, performer is whose line is it anyway? It's mm-hmm. the show that introduced, I want to say 90% of people that, that know about improv that aren't improvisers to improv, mm-hmm. right? What was it like? Because you did both the American and the British version. Yes. Um, I did the British version first. I flew out to, uh, you know, you had to go out to London. And at the time, it was really popular in London. And it was uh, Ryan Stiles and uh, Colin Mockery. They were like the two. And I think Greg Proops, those three were doing most of it. And then the rest of us kind of filled in the gaps. You know, uh, Brad Sherwood... uh, Mike McShane, yeah, and very few women. So right. uh, you're filling in that fourth chair. So the my whole thing that I loved was I got to meet um, the English guy who was a barrister, Clive. Oh, what's his name? Anyway, he was fabulous. Yeah. Um, so I did those at the BBC, these little studios down at the BBC, and so I did a few of those there. So we go into London to do that show. Are you uh, are you just recording one show? Did you do more than one show a day? I don't know how that works. You do. Women. You do. I think we did three. Okay. Um, and then you do a lot of games a bunch of times to give them choices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what you do. That's cool. And then so, do you, uh, since it was such a big show in London at that time, is, did you have to do press for that when you came in? No. Okay. But when good. you go out, you know, Ryan Stiles and Colin were like rock stars. I bet, yeah. You know, um, yeah, they were, you eat comp drinks and everything if you go to a pub oh, wow. with those guys at... In That's London, cool. it was a big deal. And then, in I did the American ones, but I did them with. Um, well, Drew Carey. Drew, was, Drew Carey. Yeah, was Drew the Carey host, was yeah. the host. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still because uh, it was produced by the same guys. Didn't you still have Ryan Styles? Wasn't it still Ryan Styles? Oh yeah, and Colin? Ryan Styles, Colin Mockery, uh, Wayne Brady. By that time, Wayne was Brady, doing all of right. them. Um, and uh, those were the three. And then there's always that fourth. Yeah. Uh, rotating. I. Did a show with Greg Proops once at I.O. I think he was doing, it was Top Story Weekly, and I think, Top Story Weekly, and I think he was doing the stand-up part, I believe. Okay. And he did this thing where he, he's like, I'm just going to peek out in the audience through the curtain at the beginning. And he goes, he goes, oh, my God, you guys, the president of Hollywood is here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you say that every show, Greg Proops? But that's funny. Greg's, Greg's I, I, I great. He's, they he's, were all just super nice. Super yeah. nice. I have no, you know. Well, that congrats was on that. I mean, people, that's one of those shows that, like, it's revered. Uh, people, that's another show that people just uh, watch on YouTube all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some of the same issues that, like, uh, Key and Peele had, was Key and Peele was like, hey, I watch you on YouTube. And they're like, great, we're also on TV. Right, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You could watch us on the TV and then help us get renewed, you know, help us get paid. 
Uh, but yeah, but it's just one of those shows that people are really, really love and really, really enjoyed for many years. It's really kind of cool, though, you know, that you can do those shows and they're so old and they still kind of hold up because it's improv, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, except the references after a while, which can right. be actually really funny, you know. Because the, the references are sold. The only other imp- show like that that I remember is that Thank God, you- Thank God You're Here show, I think. Did you ever see that? Mm-mm. Basically, the game of that was there's a scene going, completely decorated scene. Maybe they're operating on something. And you come through the curtains, and you have no idea what this scene is, and you just have to go. So it's like oh, you, walk into an, you walk into surgery, like, and, and they always say, Thank God You're Here. <laughs> and then, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that was... I mean, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, improv is, is so, if you've got really good improvisers that you can trust, it's great, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's the fun part. Even if certain things don't land, right? it's still entertaining, yeah. you know, because you know they're making it up. Although, right. you know, other shows that use it a lot are like, uh, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, of course. And, and of course, yeah. the Christopher Guest movies are yep. all improvised. All you great know, the, stuff. The, the, it's so great. And it's, you know, it, it's fun. Yeah. Well, congrats for being on that. I mean, I think it's that, like oh, I said, I think that's yeah, the pinnacle of fun. being invited to be on that show, let oh alone being on yeah. both versions the, of it. Is, the audition process for that is I bet crazy. it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And crazy talented. Like, everyone's probably really good, and you're like, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about there being an audition process for that. I just assumed that, like, they just pick. I think as it goes on, they start to pick yeah. you know, now. But at the time when they were doing it, because they were, uh, I don't know if that was for the London one or not. Probably was. It was just like a big, yeah, a group audition, and everybody from any improv group that you knew was there. Right. And so it was like people, you know, they were packed into a theater. Yeah. You do these games, and then it was almost like chorus line. They asked certain people to stay. Oh, interesting. And then you had to come back, and it was rough. Yeah, That's it was crazy. just long. It was long. <laughs> well, congrats. I mean, it's it's great to yeah, be a part yeah. of something like that yeah, that people was, love so much. Yeah, it was fun. Before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from Karen Mariama. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? One of my favorites is called Kung Fu Hustle. It is this cool. Film. I've seen that movie ten times. I. Love it. Yeah. My the parents characters. didn't get it at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I, you, it does. It just goes anywhere. It goes unexpectedly. I, I just love the story and how yep. things happen for no reason. It goes really sort of. Um, it's ridiculous. Yes. It's it, to me, this is the funniest. I'm not even going to say funniest. This is the best kung fu movie I've ever seen. Maybe Crouching Tiger's like right below that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's great. I love it. I wish people would watch this movie. Oh, man, when those thugs all go, break into dance, the yeah. guys in the black suits, all of a sudden there's this, like, stylized dance that they do for no reason, just yeah. to do it. Yep. I love that stuff. And just the the weird supernatural shit that comes out. It's great. I don't know what happened. Stephen Chow, I think, is the guy that, that created it, and I think is the lead. I don't know what he did since then. I don't know, but that movie's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. I agree. That inspires yes. me to, like, just do your own thing. Or at least, you know, I teach at AFI, and, and a lot of students are trying to figure out, like, what's my lane? Like, what's my brand? Or what? You know, you can change it, but but the ones, the, the creative forces know. They know. I'm horror films. That's yeah. it. I am rom-com. I am 
you know, uh, relationship-driven stuff, whatever it is, right. you know. And you can always change it. Look at Scorsese. He knows what he does, you know. And I I think that sometimes we, we get afraid, like, what can sell? What do I need to do to please you? And, you know, it's hard. It's a hard lesson when you go, well, wait a minute. So the lesson is I can't please everybody. Wow. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But let's face it, this business, you sometimes you do stuff that you know has a better chance of selling. But Kung Fu Hustle to me is just like it's fun. It's funny. It's weird. It's just great. Yeah, I love that movie. I 100% agree with you. Good. What is the show or movie that you watch just for fun? I watch Predator over and over again. Okay. It's crazy, I yeah. know. Yeah, Any of the diehards I'll watch, if they're on, I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can quote certain films just because I've seen them that many times. Right. In terms of uh, TV shows that I love, uh, I'm a big fan of, oh gosh, okay guys, like cooking competitions. I watch Top Chef. I mm-hmm. watch it. Um, British Baking Show I'll watch over and over and over right. again. So those are my like to relax or just to, you know, watch stuff. I was on uh, – I get recognized more for this – episode where I was eating at the Kitchen Nightmares kitchen than any TV show I've been on. Wow, People yeah. People love Kitchen Nightmares. Mm-hmm. And Gordon Ramsay is absolutely a treasure, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's great to That's see great. him live yelling at people. It's just the best. Yeah, food stuff. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. What is the show or movie that inspires you? I think it's, for me, because I do love comedy, it's the ones that are just so true to like the characters just trying their hardest I like the original in-laws with Alan Arkin mm-hmm. and Peter Falk because they're just such buffoons but it, and I love Simon Pegg so yeah. those movies inspire me I love Hot Fuzz I love Shaun oh, of the Dead yes. you know he's just a genius and yeah. so that's that inspires me a lot thank you for those recommendations those oh are good you're welcome mm-hmm. Guys, if you'd like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pictures of Karen Mariyama and I enjoying our breakfast from the Talleyrand in Burbank, <laughs> go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances. And finally, you demanded it. A breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the breakfast store. You'll be so glad you did. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at scoopspope. Give me a follow. And if you have a breakfast question, ask away. And make sure you follow my Facebook actor page. And if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with friends. Breakfast is enjoyed all over the United States in over 30 countries, over six continents, especially Red Deer, Canada. All you Red Deer people. Hey, how are you? Good to talk to you. Uh, And trust me, my omelet omnivores, my coffee cohort, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciated. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Daniel Erickson, for making me sound... So good. Karen Mariyama, what is next for you? And where can we find you on social media? Um, you know, you can find me. I guess my Instagram is it's at KK Mariyama. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all you're going to see on it, though, are pictures of my dog. Uh, I'll be there. I am, I I am there. not a very active social media. Isn't that terrible, you guys? But I'm trying. I'm working on it. All right. So, yeah. And for me, uh, I, I am voicing on a cartoon called Dead, Dead Endy. It's a brand new one. It'll be on Netflix. Cool. And, um, yeah, I hopefully will have more stuff. I have to fly to New Mexico because I'm doing a little scene Ooh. in Better Call Saul. Oh, awesome. I was. Yes. I thought you were going to say, like, one of those other, like, hundreds of shows are doing New Mexico. Now, you're doing 
the show of New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Better pretty Call excited. Saul. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. And uh, thank you so much for coming in. It's, You're welcome. I, 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 you know, you've done so much cool stuff. I'm a fan of yours. I'll continue to be a fan of yours. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, we'll, let's go to the Hungry Fox and get some yes, French toast. French toast, man. <laughs> well, Talleyrand has an, a delicious cinnamon roll French toast. Look at me. I'm plugging them a lot. Oh, you, you know what? You did an episode of I'm Sorry. Yes. Did you know, have you been to uh, Harvest Moon? Mm-mm. Harvest Moon is where they would shoot the scenes of the her and Jason Manzukis as writing partners writing at Harvest Moon. It's on oh, Mag- it's on Magnolia. Okay, it's a great breakfast place, and it was the uh, it was the site of Breakfast Number One with Mary Kennedy. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, no, so great. Yeah, and Andrea Savage is amazing. Oh yeah, I love when that she show. Was in Sunday I was show. She she did was she really? Yeah, she did I, Sunday show. I was so annoyed that that show ended up not getting picked up again because of the oh, it kind didn't of, oh. because of pandemic weird scheduling mm-hmm, things. That mm-hmm. was I think what happened. So anyway, thank yeah. you for coming in. You're welcome. It, it was so great, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Yes. And with that, we put another authentic Asian accent worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope yes. in the old to go bag. Asian power, Brent. See ya. (laughs) 